Hello, welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? It's going fine. I'm a little jealous of you right now, Amy. Got it? Oh, yeah? Yeah, tell me yeah. why. Well, you're hanging out in your RV in the woods and I just am. relaxing. I- I am. So yes, if you hear rain in the background, that's because it's raining and there's really nowhere for me to go to get away from it. But yes, I am in my RV in the woods. Uh, This is kind of the best of all worlds because I'm in the woods. It's beautiful, but I'm about 12 miles away from home. So we didn't have to pack it up. You left out one very important thing. And what's that? You were able to sleep in a bed inside in the air conditioning in... That's not right. A tent. Yeah, yes, that's right. We are we are glamping, not camping, but we but but we are in a a great just a beautiful setting. It's a state park that's really close by here. And uh it, it was kind of funny. We we got it set up last night and then we actually had some responsibilities, things we needed to do and I had some errands to run, so we got it set up and then went back home to take care of some things. So, yeah. it's a uh, go get the RV set up, go grab the lobster roll. That's right. That's truck. right. Went out for a lobster roll with Ashley Unzicker, my great friend. And so... Uh, That's not really roughing it whenever... <laughs> hey. <laughs> have access to lobster rolls. That's I right. I don't think that's really roughing it, I, Amy. You know, roughing it is not the goal. Beauty is the goal. So, beauty and relaxation. But yes. Yeah, no one ever said roughing it was the, that's the right. point here. Huh? That's right. That's oh, right. Oh, gosh. That's funny. Well, hey, are you bringing that, uh, that big old RV to, to Nashville this summer? You know, actually, we we have talked about it a few times. We're we're now leaning against it. I think we're talking about maybe taking it out in North Carolina uh, shortly after the annual meeting. We had discussed bringing it at one point, but probably probably not. We'll so see. so here's a wild thing. I know we kind of joked about this a few weeks ago whenever you were here in yes. Nashville, but whenever we were out in Anaheim. You know, 10 days ago when I was out there, we were looking at the facility there, talking about next year, 2022. Yes. And the lady from the convention center made it a point to note that they have RV hookups in the dock area in case we need them. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. I'm I'm thinking Whitfield 2022. Yes. Cross-country... RV trip. So I have brought this up. I've raised this as a possibility. And so far, it's not getting anywhere with Keith. No one has saluted that. Right. Because he's pointed out that it would take, I mean, we actually calculated out what it would take to get out there. And then, of course, a we're lot of gas. there for the meeting. It's a lot of gas, a lot of days. Because you really can only go about five to six, like five to six hours a day. That's that. That's kind of the max because it's just a very you know RVs are just they're just big. It takes a lot, and so we we looked at it, and when we calculated driving out there to Anaheim and then the actual meeting itself and all the responsibilities and days around it, and then doing something because if you're going to take it all the way out there, you might as well drive up and down you know the California coast yeah. or something, doing something and then coming back. I mean, it's basically like over a month of our life. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you just leave from SBC 21. Right. And right. And, <laughs> just, we'll, and we'll see you in Charlotte in 23, I guess, right. or something so like I'm that. So I'm going to keep yeah. trying, you know, because we could stop at, at parks and we could work, you know, things like that. I'm, I'm going to keep trying, but so far it's not, it's not planned for at this stage. 
I mean, you, you, yeah. the summer's slow at the seminary. That's right. That's you, right. I you, got- you take it, you know, go four or five hours, you know, maybe, or maybe not four or five hours. Maybe you take it, take it three or four hours. You get up in the morning, roll out, get somewhere by about 10 or 11, set up shop, work all day, do it the next day. I mean, like, I, I think you could make it happen, Amy. I, that's, I hope so. Keith needs to make that happen. Yes. So. Yes. Well, you know, we're a little early to be talking about 2022. Because 2021 is still right around the corner. And some of our friends from Southwestern were in town this week. Got to, got to see our good friend Ed Upton from Southwestern this week and talk to him. He was in town getting ready for the SBC annual meeting here in Nashville in just a few weeks. Can't believe it's that close. Uh, but it was good to see our friends from Southwestern. Of course, each and every week, SBC This Week is sponsored by Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. You can find out more at swbts.edu. Looking forward to seeing them next month and, and folks from all of our seminaries. We've got some, some news from a few of our seminaries this week in the show. But we're going to start up in Boston where NAM had their trustee meeting this past week to celebrate some Boston church planners and also okayed a collegiate ministry assignment request. What they did, uh, first of all, I love how NAM has their trustee meetings all over the place because it does allow them to see the areas where folks are planting churches. So it's it's more than just kind of gathering at the building there in Alpharetta. So they met, uh, they went to several locations visiting church planters, hearing stories and, and learning about it. But then they also unanimously passed a resolution asking the SBC to assign them the ministry assignment for reaching and mobilizing college and university students in North America. This would be uh, actually kind of following the request that Lifeway will be asking um, Southern Baptist Convention to sort of have some ministry assignment changes. And that actually includes a change where collegiate ministry is not in their ministry assignments. This is kind of a yeah. put down, it's kind pick of up request. contingent on that. Yes. Right. Yes. So it's a, we're, we're going to have to walk and chew gum at the same time. So the, the convention gets to decide about essentially about that transfer, but it comes in a few, a few different steps. So this is the part where NAM is going to ask the SBC if they can do this. Well, and, and we'll do that, like you said, in June. In other news, they elected some new officers. Eric Thomas, good friend of the pod, was elected chairman. Uh, he is the pastor at First Baptist Church of Norfolk, Virginia. Willie Rice, pastor at Calvary Church in Clearwater, Florida, was elected the first vice chairman. And Jonathan Jarbo, good name there, uh, was elected the second vice chairman. He's a member of Pathway Church in Redland, California. Uh, they also approved a job title change for Dahadi Lewis, good friend of the pod, uh, who leads the church planting efforts over at the North American Mission Board. He's now the president of SIN Network. Uh, he was the vice president of SIN Network before, now the president. So congratulations to Dahadi for that. Yeah, very good. All right. So uh, and I heard good news from that meeting up there. Just some incredible ministry that's going on in Boston. Uh, thanks to our church planning efforts by the North American Mission Board. Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. That's right. We got good news, Amy. We're above budget again. This that's month. right. Up 2.64% for the year. Yeah. Over the budget this year. And the national CP came in at just over $15.8 million, 
which was about $260,000 more than the $15.572 million budget amount. And uh, we had a, a big jump over last year. So April last year, I think, was the low month for the year because of the pandemic, Amy. Uh, where we were down at like $14.1 million. I believe that was the low point in the pandemic for CP giving. So we were way over last year's budget, and it looks like we're about to catch up uh, with the previous year budget as well. So uh, we are just under $112 million so far this year for cooperative program gifts on a national level, uh, which is, uh, like you said, 2.64% or $2.8 million dollars above budget. So good news on the CP front. Very good. And we're all, we're always happy to get good news there. Yes, absolutely. So uh, we had an event this past week online. The four presidential candidates that have been announced for SBC president uh, were able to sit down with Jordan Easley, share testimonies and their vision in an online forum. Yes. So this was on, on Monday. It was hosted by Leadership Pipeline. That's a fellowship of Southern Baptist pastors under the age of 40. So Jordan Easley, who is uh, kind of the leader of that, he led everyone through the forum. It was set up like a Zoom call. So it had kind of that Brady Bunch shot uh, on <laughs> the screen there where Jordan was. And he, he really just focused in on three different questions. You know, one was asking every candidate to share their testimony of salvation. And that was a, a really meaningful part of, of the time because then you just get to hear that story from from everyone. I really learned I learned some things about these men that I didn't know. And so that, that was really great. And then ask the questions, why did you feel personally led to accept a nomination for SBC president? And then also envisioning the SBC in 20 years, how would your presidency help us move forward in fulfilling the great commission together? And, um, if you know anything about the leadership pipeline, a lot of the focus has been on how to make a difference over the next 20 years. So that question really fits in with what, those young pastors are wrestling with. So it's about an hour and uh, you really get a chance to hear from all four of them. Now, one thing that uh, uh, actually one of the candidates made sure it was clear, it is not guaranteed that the next SBC president will be one of these four men because anyone can nominate up until the last minute, up until, you know, f- uh, the, the point in the agenda where they say come forward now. But at this moment, these are uh, the, the candidates that we, that we expect to be presented. So a uh, really, really great informative opportunity. We would encourage watching it. Yeah. Check it out. So sbcpipeline.com. All right. Some news from the seminaries. I alluded to it earlier. I got a new faculty member up at Midwestern, Joe M. Allen, uh, has, who has been with the IMB mission teams in South Asia, is joining Midwestern Seminary as a missions professor at the school up in Kansas City. Some other appointees to the faculty, Jared Bumpers, was appointed the assistant professor of preaching and evangelism. Good friend of the pod, Ronnie Kurtz, yeah. was appointed assistant professor for Christian studies. So congrats to, go, to Ronnie. Ronnie. Ronnie just got his, his doctorate recently. Joyce Park was appointed assistant professor of Christian education in their Korean studies department. And Camden Pulliam, was appointed assistant professor of Christian studies. Also some news from Kansas City. Owen Strand, former associate professor of Christian theology, is leaving uh, to go to Grace Bible Theological Seminary in Conway, Arkansas. And we got some news from Southern and Southeastern as well. 
That's right. So Southern has announced uh, MDiv and MA degrees that are fully online from the Billy Graham School of Missions, Evangelism, and Ministry. So it's uh, it, it's some new online degrees. And fully online becomes really important because what that means is those who are already working in ministry can stay where they are and pursue a Master of Divinity. So it's an opportunity to really make that education accessible. So that was an announcement from Paul Aiken, Dean of the Graham School. And um, it's a, a it's it's a good, just a, just a good opportunity, particularly with the focus of that school. You know, Missions Evangelism mm-hmm. and Ministry would assume that folks may already be in that. And so yes. that's that's great to give uh, new ways to to become educated. And so the focuses are in worship leadership, Islamic studies, and biblical counseling. So all of them are, are available as both an MDiv and an MA. Yeah. You got a counseling degree program over at Southeastern that's new as well. That's right. It's a new five-year plan to a master's in counseling. And this is the BA MDiv, and this is the bachelor's master's plan. So it's a five-year BA to MA counseling program that helps uh, students to get their license in marriage and family therapy upon graduation, and then also just trains them to be able to, to counsel anywhere. So this is really great. This is more for students who are going into college and know that in five years, they can get two degrees, bachelor's and master's, so undergrad and graduate, as well as licensure, and lets them move at a faster pace without giving up anything, you know, in, in terms of preparation. So it's just a great, very efficient system. It gives them gives them more preparation. So there we have a lot of these degrees in our seminaries now, these five year BA masters plans. And so this is just a new one that Southeastern has added in counseling. All right, some news from North Carolina. T. Elliott Welch, the pastor at First Baptist Church, Stanleyville, has been removed as pastor after he was arrested and charged with one count of second-degree sexual exploitation of a minor. Uh, He was the pastor since January of 2020, uh, but is no longer pastor at the church, formerly served uh, with IMB as a missionary in Ghana. The church issued a statement saying that they in no way condone the behavior for which Pastor Welch has been accused. Uh, They are and will continue to cooperate with law enforcement officials as the investigation into the charges continue. He has resigned from his position as senior pastor. So if there's anything new on this story, we'll bring that to you. And uh, finally, Amy, uh, India, we, we've seen Southern Baptists really getting to work in India right now through Send Relief. Uh, the, the COVID-19 pandemic has really hit the subcontinent hard in really just the last few months. And it uh, I saw yesterday more than 400,000 new cases confirmed in India just oh, yesterday. So, and so awful. It's awful in India right now. Awful. Yes, yes. And uh, I, I have a, a friend who has served over there uh, for quite some time, actually is not there right now, just happened to be time for a, a furlough. Um, but be, but really, it was getting started. That surge was ramping up right as my friend left the country, and have her. I've been hearing a lot of updates from them. And my goodness, not you know, not just the news that we're hearing, but to hear some personal connections about how terrible it is. Uh, and I don't know what to you know. I I don't know what's going to happen to really stop it. I mean, it's killing more than three thousand per day. And uh, this is this is really scary stuff. And, you know, as we in our sort of setting are, are working so hard to get back to normal, 
Um, this is just a reminder of how horrific this pandemic can be watching what is happening. And we have a lot of folks that are serving over there. A lot of folks who have served, you know, there's a, a, a story. We've got some BP stories that we're going to put up and um, reminder that Rebecca Naylor worked for yeah. decades and decades at Bangalore Baptist hospital. And uh, that's, you know, that's really her kind of almost her home because of, of how much uh, she served there and being a, a doctor. I, I know this is really hard for her to watch from the other side of the world. It's really, really tough. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, there's a sin sin relief story in there with some prayer requests about how you can pray and how you can partner with sin relief uh, to help the work in India. It just, just a heartbreaking situation going on right now in India. But like you said, we've got those links to those articles. Uh, We got three articles this week that we've been covering. Um, It's just, this is the worst we've seen, I think, of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, worldwide. Um, it just 400,000 cases a day, 3,000 deaths a day, and no sign of stopping. Um, it just it, It's just ravaging the subcontinent right now. So please do be in prayer for uh, our partners in India, for those who live in India, and uh, those fighting this uh, pandemic, not just in India, but around the world. So yes. uh, I know, like you said, we're kind of starting to kind of get out of it here in the States. Uh, but there are other parts of the world who are just in dire straits right now uh, due to COVID-19. So be in prayer for them. But that will do it for the news this week, Amy, and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go back to 1957 because I, I always at this time of year like to take a look at annual meetings back in SBC history. And when we go back pretty early... This is a time when we really can start looking because they happened around this time. The May 5th, 1957 issue of Baptist Press, if you go down to page two, has a story on five major questions that will confront the SBC. And I thought this was an interesting look back because as we get ready for uh, for our convention, there are a lot of questions swirling. Obviously, we've even talked about some in th- in this show. We've talked about that there's a presidential election and, and folks are listening to the candidates who have already been announced. Uh and then, you know, we talked about ministry assignments, things like that. So there are a lot of questions. This is something that the news service will usually put out there and will put out there for people to begin to prepare. Well, they did this uh, in this issue. So I found, it, I found it interesting to look at what the five major questions were that they put out. They said, in addition to these major questions, there will be four or more matters of convention emphasis, which will be brought out in programs and reports. The probable major questions are, one, the proposed sixth seminary of the Southern Baptist Convention. So the 1950s. I think that one passed. I think it did. I think it did. The 1956 session at Kansas City had approved it and asked for a special committee uh, on theological, religious, and missionary education to consider the site. The committee had visited several proposed sites, including Chicago, Kansas City, and Denver. Spoiler alert. I know where it landed. I believe I know they where chose it Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, but this was going to be discussed, the proposed sixth seminary, which we know is Midwestern. All right. Number two, the survey of Southern Baptist Convention agencies. There was a committee uh, to study the total Southern Baptist program of activities. So they wanted another year uh, to complete their survey. 
And uh, so that's what they were asking. Can we have another year? Election of a new Southern Baptist Convention president. So that's something that we're facing. C.C. Warren was uh, the pastor. Not to be of, confused with C.C. Winan. That's right. That's right. Pastor of First Baptist Church in Charlotte was ending uh, his two-year term as president and ineligible to be elected to be reelected. Uh, the proposed, this is one that we will, this is a question we don't face now, a proposed SBC hospital. It's not something we do anymore in Miami, Florida. So the 1956 convention had approved the location. Um, but there were some, there were, there were some things, uh, that, that were being talked through about whether it should be operated by the SBC or Florida Baptist, which I have to do some looking to see uh, what happened there. But obviously it's not being operated by us now um, because that's just not something that we do Uh, here. Number five, this is an interesting one. There was a pending amendment to the convention's constitution regarding church autonomy. It was offered at the 1956 convention, but had to be heard a second year. As we know, constitutional amendments had to be have to be done a second year before it could be acted upon. Its supporters claim it would give increased weight to the convention's position that churches now cooperating with it have complete freedom over their property and internal affairs, including withdrawal of cooperation with the SBC. So I'm going to go ahead and give a spoiler alert here. That amendment in 1957 that they were preparing for did not pass. So this was something they were doing. So I'm going to tell you what it would have been. Uh, I went back to the 1956 annual and it was uh, something that they were proposing to act on at the 57 session. It was an amendment to Article 4, which that's the one that talks about autonomy. But it also included... This convention does not claim that affiliation with this convention is in any way necessary for a church to be a missionary Baptist church, nor does this convention claim that affiliation with any other Baptist body, whether district association or state convention, is in any way necessary for a church to be affiliated with this convention, nor does this convention claim that a church's affiliation with this convention, as conceived by this convention, is in any degree of such a nature as would prevent a church that once has entered into affiliation with this convention from discontinuing that affiliation, should that church, for any reason whatsoever, decide to discontinue that affiliation. All right, I don't know why it didn't pass. I want to say that amendment is quite a mouthful. That, and, that might be why it passed. People didn't understand right. it, so they didn't vote for it. And when I read that, I really think Article 4 already covers it. So I don't think it was necessary. They did. They wanted to add more weight. You can. I mean, sometimes you add things just to say, we want to, be, we want to speak really strongly. And in some ways, the amendments that we're voting on this year are like that. You could say they're already covered, but we want to make a strong statement. Um, and it sounds like that's what they wanted to do, give increased weight to the position. But... It's it's very wordy, so I'm I'm not sure I would have been for that, but that was a okay. big thing. So anyway, also the emphases that would underlie the 1957 convention were planning to be world missions, a joint session of the convention and WMU, only the second time at that point in SBC history that it had happened, and the record budget of sixteen and a half million dollars for 1958 to be offered for approval. Development of pl- 
plans for the Baptist Jubilee advance and the establishment of 30,000 new churches, missions, and preaching points by 1964. So they had a lot of things to focus on. Um, so anyway, it's just good to look, you know, to, to think back um, and to look at some things like, you know, the proposal of this sixth seminary is a really big deal. And then look at what we were just talking about today, all these new faculty members, you know, that are coming. So a uh, really cool thing. We are trying to get ready for our annual meeting. Everything that we do is important. Decisions are made by those who show up. They were preparing in the same way in 1957, this week in SBC history. Okay. So did you see the first, or the, I'm sorry, the second article in this issue? where it talks about where the, because we talked about this a few weeks ago, the convention hotel in 57. Yes, where to park the Conrad car. Hilton. Yes. But did you see where they had the actual meeting? The International Amphitheater. So they had it at an amphitheater. That's right. That that probably means outdoors. That would be my guess. Amphitheater. Yes. Pass. Hard pass. Probably pretty hot. Well, I don't know. Chicago's a nice place in May. You know, Yeah, like, that's true. It's, it's May. It's, it's nice May. in May. That's true. Chicago's like one of the greatest cities in America in May. And then the other you 11 months. You know what? Months, Hang eh, on. I'm but... fixing to correct you because I actually oh, just found this. I just looked. There's a Wikipedia is it indoors? article. It is an indoor arena. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well. It was the home of the Chicago Bulls during their inaugural season oh. of 1966 and 67. So that's very okay. interesting. So never mind, huh. not outdoors, indoors. Okay, well, that's that's not bad then. Probably didn't have air conditioning. Also the site of one of Elvis Presley's most notable concerts in 1957 that year, where he wore his legendary gold lame suit for the first time. We should put this wow. Wikipedia article. There's all kinds of facts about the International Amphitheater. Well, very cool. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Okay. I have a, my resource of the week. Now, I want to be clear. I'm going to share one, a, a seminary magazine. I want to say I love all of our seminary magazines. I think everyone does a great job. So this is not to promote one over the other. But the Southeastern Seminary Magazine has come out. And it has an article on pages 72. No, uh, on pa- it has an article on pages 70 and 71. There's an issue link. They do a series called At the Office, where they uh, interview professors and then take pictures of things in their office. And my favorite seminary professor in the entire convention is profiled in this. So I'm going to do a little personal shout out here um, and share the Southeastern Seminary magazine. Okay. So it's it's a nice article on Jim Shaddix. Um, I'm going to correct you there. It's uh, at the office with Keith Whitfield, so it's pretty cool. Oh, him! Yes, yes, yes him. Okay, pretty cool. Has just some uh, some some great questions, some personal insights. I do need to make a little correction uh, about it for when you read it, but it's got some pictures of things in his office, things that are special to him and to and and really to both of us. So, just a just a cool piece. It, it was neat to see them uh, to see them do that. But there is a question where he talks about what are things you and your family like to do for fun. And he talks about RVing. He makes a statement in there where he says, uh, this adventure has been a happy medium for me and Amy, my wife. She grew up staying in four-star hotels. I grew up sleeping under tarps off the side of hiking trails. 
With an RV, she doesn't have to sleep outside and I get to spend as much time outside as I want to spend. I just want to give a clarification as I recommend this article (laughs) that um, my dad had conventions every year and we built our vacations around it. So much like the annual meeting has a convention hotel, we would stay in the convention hotel and they were nice. So I just want to say, and I want to say that the original version of the article, he said five-star hotels, and I've, I I required an edit of that. I said there's a very small amount of five-star hotels in the entire world, and I did not grow up going to those. So as you read it, please, please take that with a grain of salt, folks. He, he's, he thought that was a fantastic little way to explain our glamping situation. And I, I, I liked it. I liked it. It is a happy medium for us, but it's a cool, it's a cool article and uh, has some neat pictures, uh, a great little Clemson tiger that belonged to uh, his grandfather in there. And so anyway, just wanted to share that. And it's a good magazine. Yeah, so the rest of the magazine's really The episode good has come full circle. We started out talking about your RV and we're, we're kind of ending it on that's your right, RV too. That's right. We are. So. Yes. But it's great magazine otherwise. All right. Well, my resource of the week is a new book that's coming out in about uh, seven or eight days. And it's by good friend of the pod, Ryan Putman. And uh, Ryan is uh, over at Williams Baptist College, and he's got a new book out. It's basically an introduction to how to think about theology. Like, what is theology? How should we approach scripture? It's kind of like a basic introduction. So if you're looking into a just a, a good introduction into how to think theologically, This is the book from you, because I'm going to read this one endorsement, Amy. I think you'll like it. It says, Ryan Putman deals directly with what is often neglected in in the doing of theology. He recognizes that what one thinks about the nature of theology and how one is prepared for the task determines how one does theology. This book calls us to envision theology as disciple-making, and it goes on and on. So uh, I I think you'll like that endorsement, Amy, because it's by your favorite seminary professor. My favorite seminary professor. Yes. Yeah. Ryan is an incredible theologian and uh, just gives great contribution to, uh, to that, that work. So uh, I'm excited about that book too. We've been excited uh, for him in our house. Really cool little new book that you can get from B&H and it'll be out on May 15th. You can pre-order it now over at Amazon. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week. Amy, you enjoy the RV and uh, let Keith yes. enjoy the outdoors. Yes, I will. So, so it's this is a, a going to be a nice weekend and probably not so nice weekend. I am headed today to get my second Moderna vaccine. And well, good uh, luck with that. So, I, I I'm going to enjoy the view from the RV tomorrow, but I'm prepared. I'd love it if I don't have any effects, but I am prepared to just be kind of laying around. But no other well, place I'd rather be laying around than here. I got number two of Pfizer on Monday and had zero issues. So I've heard I've heard that that's, all the best to you. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that that's a is a greater chance for Pfizer folks. So anyway, we'll yep. see how it goes. I'll give an update. All right, sounds good. All right, well, Amy, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Mm-hmm.